welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors, and sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. For sports collecting news 24-7, visit SportsCollectorsDaily.com. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is season four. That's right. It's our fourth season, episode 17. It is May. I can't believe it's May already. You are listening to the nationally ranked sports card podcast hosted by me, Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined by my co-host, and friend from Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. Welcome, Drew. Good to be here as always. Drew, as I said at the beginning, I am all ramped up. I got to slow down a little. This isn't the radio <laughs> show. We got time. We got a few minutes. I know you're a busy man, but we got a lot to talk about. Very excited. All sorts of stuff going on. Draft day and all sorts of cool stuff. But Drew, why don't you let people know where they can find us on the radio? Of course, if you go to Sports Map Radio, you can find our show on there. If you have a Sports Map Radio affiliate in your area, you can catch us live. Uh, well, not live. You can catch us on the radio, though, at least on <laughs> Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Well, we're Eastern live when time. we record the show. Yeah, exactly. We're live then, but you can catch us on tape delays. Doesn't quite sound as good, but yeah, 7 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We usually get replayed at 10 a.m. as well on a Sports Map Radio affiliate near you. And if you don't have one near you, you can find it through Sports Map Radio's app. You can just download that through their site or through your app store. You can also find back episodes of our show at sportscollectorsclub.com. Sports Collectors Club, of course, being the name of our show. He's so smooth. He's so smooth. <laughs> he, he sits down and he rails it off like it's no problem. Great job, Drew. Thank you. Well, as I said, we've had a busy week. Uh, I My daughter was home for the weekend. She got accepted out to UMass Amherst. Uh, master's program in the arts and i, I went to nice. umass back in uh, 80s class of 87 and i went out and hadn't been out there in a while it was cool to see the old campus and see the old homestead and uh there was no no bars or restaurants from my my day and the place had changed a little but it was it was still umass got to go to the bookstore my daughter got some stuff for uh for her her swag and my wife got a umass mom t-shirt so we're all we're all full of umass in this family now it's very cool and then uh, the draft, the NFL draft is going on. I literally drew, this is no joke, right? Uh, the Patriots made their first round pick the other night and they picked that strange guy, the offensive lineman from wherever that should have been drafted in the fourth round. I did not sleep the whole night. I was up, pissed off the yeah. whole night. The funny thing is I was, uh, I read online, there was a guy who actually in his mock draft had the Patriots taking strange but they had him taking him in the third round. So there's that. Yeah, I don't, I, I, you know what? And, and Bill, we trust, but I don't trust him on this one. I mean, they made a couple of good picks later, right? You know, they picked up a safety, they picked up a wide receiver. The wide receiver is supposed to be really fast and should help them on punt returns because they really need help on punt returns. Um, how did your, your, uh, your Browns do? Well, they didn't have a first rounder at all because they got uh, Deshaun Watson for that, which I mean, Given the option of any of the other quarterbacks in that draft or Deshaun Watson, I would gladly give the first rounder to get Watson as long. Well, as long as he's gotten everything off the field together and as long as he doesn't get suspended for, you know, multiple years or something by the NFL, then I'd take him. But um, I mean, they traded down in the second round, actually traded out of the second round 
picked up, I think it was an extra third and a couple fourths in the process for that. They traded down, I think, one of their fourth rounders. But overall, they've done well so far. They got a corner. They got a defensive end. Uh, earlier today, they got a in the fourth round, they got a defensive tackle. They got a kicker. They've got another spot uh, coming up here soon in the fifth round as well. So I can't really complain considering, I mean, a lack of draft capital. They've done a pretty decent job with what they had. Yeah, I hate to say it. I think the Jets did the best job. I think that their first four or five picks were fabulous. I think they did a great job. Um, in terms of the, the draft as a whole, from a collection standpoint, I don't think it's as good as it was last year. You know, there's no real sexy rookies per se. Um, you know, you don't know five weeks into the season, there could be three of these wide receivers could be breaking records. And, you know, one of these quarterbacks would come out of nowhere. But right now, the, there's not much, many sexy cards out there. Would you agree? Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not seeing, you know, the big name quarterbacks at the top. I mean, you saw one quarterback go in the first two rounds total, I think it was. And then two more who went three more who went in the third and what two in the fourth, something like that. So I think one in the fourth, one in the fifth, but yeah, it's just, I mean, it's not going to be a big one in terms of the uh, star potential, but I think the depth is better this year than last year. Last year you had a lot of, you know, there's a couple of really big splashes this year. You're not going to see a big splash. You're going to see a lot wider of a net out there. So it's kind of hit or miss in that regard. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of a miss since you don't have the big stars, but at the same time, you've got a, you've got more kind of mid value guys. I think in here that you'd had last year. Yeah. I mean, I think Pickens from Pittsburgh, I think they're going to have him manage the game. I don't think they're going to have him going deep. And I, you know, I don't see him throwing for 35 or 40 touchdowns like Herbert or, uh, or any of these other, you know, Tr Trevor Lawrence or any of these other guys. I think he, you know, if he throws for 20 touchdowns, uh, I'd be surprised. That worked well with them with Ben Roethlisberger in his first season. They just kept him in kind of a game manager, bus driver type, and he took him all the way to a Super Bowl. But I, they don't have the running game right now to go with that kind of a uh, with uh, with that uh, that kind of a method right there. So, I yeah, I, I think it's going to be a slow start for him. I think it's going to be an off year for the Steelers. But once again, I mean, they just get rewarded with exactly what they want, which I hate for that organization because I mean. I, 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 I'm sorry. I don't see how anybody can be a Steelers fan. I just don't see it. I don't understand. It. <laughs> well, you know what? I am looking forward to the NFL season with all the guys moving around. Uh, the, you know, all these star wide receivers. I can't believe the, the Patriots didn't try to get AJ Brown, who was who a fabulous, fabulous player, but I mean, it would sign a hundred million dollar contract. So that could be the reason why, uh, but you know, all these wide receivers moving around uh, some quarterbacks moving around Russell Wilson with Denver, which I think is going to help his value. I think it's going to help his card value. And uh, I think Tyreek Hill is going to take a hit going to Miami. I think some of these other guys, uh, Devontae Parker uh, might take a hit a little in terms of just value, but uh, it should be a fun season. Definitely agree there. I mean, there's, it's been a very interesting off season. It's been a really strange and interesting draft here the last couple of days. So yeah, I mean, it's in some spots, you just really don't know what to expect in some areas. I mean, you can definitely see where there's going to be some guys to get helped out, some guys to get hurt. And I just feel like there's a lot more movement in that regard here this past year. Yeah. And speaking of draft, you put on a little overtime this weekend and working on the draft. So a lot yep. of cool stuff coming from Panini in the future. I'll draft the guys that got drafted. So looking forward to seeing some of your, your work. It must be cool to see your work when it come, actually comes out in a card. It is. Yeah. And um, if you're on Twitter, you can get some of the previews of that too. They've had some of the top picks tweeting out these uh, cards that we made for uh, just for, you know, kind of marketing purposes like that. But you can check those out on Twitter. If you follow any of the players who've ever gotten uh, drafted here in the first round or first few rounds, really, I think even, I think we were even releasing a few of the big names into the third round and such there. So, you can see some of the work right there, but that's uh, that's the kind of stuff we've been doing there the last couple of days is, you know, 
finding college shots of these guys, uh, cloning them into their NFL uniforms in some cases. A lot of stuff like that. Well, speaking of Panini, I actually picked up three different uh, blaster boxes this week of football cards, 2021 football cards. Uh, one of them I'll give a okay. One I really didn't like and one I did like. So I, I got um Playbook, which I was very disappointed in. I got a mega box. The, I, I didn't get anything great, really. Uh, kind of disappointed. It was like about, I don't know, $40 or $50 for the mega box. And there were only like five packs with three or four cards in each pack and it was just the I, I was really disappointed in playbook so i'm gonna give it a thumbs thumbs down on playbook i got uh playoffs a uh, uh, mega buck a uh, uh, blaster box of uh, playoffs and those are okay I, I got some good cards in that one and then i got the illusions which i love i really enjoyed the look of the illusions i got some uh, great uh those clear cards i got some great rookie cards in it um i got a uh, justin fields um uniform relic card so all in all, I, I really liked Illusion. I, I would get Illusion again. I'm going to stay away from Playbook, and I probably won't pick up uh, Playoffs unless it's uh, in clearance, you know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I like to try them. I don't know if you're the same way. I, 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 I like to get one of every one I see on the shelf just to just see what see what they like. Yeah, with Playoff, I mean, you might be able to find a, good, a few good TTM guys in there. As I know, uh, previous years we've put, like, some uh, – some, uh, what do you call them, retired guys in there and yep. such. Like the uh, Archie Manning one that I got signed a couple of weeks ago was from a uh, playoff box. So you get, you know, guys like that. You might be able to find a few TTMers from the past in there as well. Playbook, I've always liked Playbook, but I definitely get that how it can be kind of a hit or miss kind of a thing that I bought. I haven't bought any of the Playbook football, actually. The last, uh, I think the last Playbook stuff I did was when we were still had hockey there. I picked up a couple of Playbook hockey boxes there, which nothing great out of them, but it was still a fun pull. At least I always like those booklet cards that are in there and Especially yeah, if I, I didn't ever even get a booklet. <laughs> oh, geez, man. Yeah, was, if I could ever it, come across one of those armory ones, those armory ones are my favorite ones that we ever do with those. But, but yeah, yeah, again, I, mean, I like the illusions. The illusions was kind yeah. of a neat one. It's not really a, um, an autograph card per se because right. it's slick and it's black. And But I thought the cards were, were nice. So, yeah. uh, you know, they can't all be win winners, right, Drew? So Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be hitting out uh, a local card store this weekend, so I'm look, looking forward to that. Excuse me. And Drew's uh, birthday weekend was last weekend. Hopefully you had a good birthday. I did, yeah. I got to go out to a couple ball games. got a bunch of autographs out there as well. So we had uh, – the Northwest Arkansas Naturals were in town to play against Frisco Rough Riders. I uh, had a little bit of help on there too because I needed some cards on Asa Lacey. He's in – he's on two cards in one of the sets that I'm working on in the uh, 2021 Tops Heritage Miners set. And Lazy, nice guy and everything, but he is a very strict one per signer all the time, no matter what. He will not sign two for you, no matter what. So I was able to get him pregame on one of the cards. So it's like, all right, great. Knocked out one of my set cards. I had my other set card. I've got one for a friend that I'm trying to help out with, help out, and then one for my friend Aubrey that I've mentioned before. She's a huge Royals fan. So I wanted to be able to try to get one for her. So uh, she was originally going to be going to the game with uh, my wife and me, but she had had an ankle surgery a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, actually just had some complications come up after that. So she's like, well, you can appreciate I, that, right? Ankle oh surgery. God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Might've flared up again. Unfortunately, it's back and gone, started to go away again, but uh oh, so yeah, she couldn't really get around too well. She's like, look, I won't be able to go. So I'm like, all right, I'll see if I can get signed for you at least. And fortunately my wife was able to help me out. She got a couple of the cards signed there. So end up getting four Ace of Lacey cards total signed across the two games. So I'm very happy with that. One of them going to Aubrey, one of them going to my friend John up in Oklahoma, two of them for myself. Really good overall there, but also got um, Nick Lofton, John Rave, Alec Marsh, uh, pitching coach Derek Lewis, Michael Massey. Uh, who else did I get here? Chris Widger, who's their manager, Christian yep. Colon, and uh, Abraham Nunez are the coaches for them. Uh, let's see here. 
Then on the other side for Frisco after the game, I was able to get uh, Justin Slayton, Cole Reagans, Dio Arias, and Justin Foscue, and forgot uh, Suli Matias as well. He's a big uh, power-hitting prospect. He actually had, I think, like 30 homers in an A-ball season back in 2018. So hopefully he's able to come out good, too, because I got him on a jersey card. So it looked uh, came out really nice there. So well, you Overall, know, a really great I'm, weekend. So. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in action at, <laughs> in Manchester. Uh, when you come up here this summer, I really, I, I can't wait to see you guys uh, and spend some time at the game. It's, it's really cool. I, I love how you do the, the in-person stuff. I'm not that great in person. I, yeah, but I'm going to, I'm going to learn from the expert. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm right. definitely, uh, should be a lot of fun. And for any listeners out there, I will definitely have my schedule out there. Cause I'm going to be hitting about 20 games in the span of three weeks. So if anybody wants to come down and hang out and graph and everything, let me know if you see my schedule, and if you're close by, stop on by. Yeah, guys, I haven't seen really spoken to Drew about this, but we'll, well, Drew and I are both going to be at the national, and we might try to have like a meetup of all, of uh, all the fans, you know, at a, a restaurant or bar, just have a grab a beer, or or maybe before before the the show and have breakfast or something. We haven't really we haven't really discussed it, right, Drew? But we'll I think I think we can we can get some of the guys together and uh, you know all, all the fans of the show and just meet up someplace uh, prior to uh, one of the days at the national. But we'll 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 talk about that a little later. But this week, guys, we have a really fun show. We uh, we had the, the the pleasure of talking with Bob Means. Bob is director of trading cards at eBay, and uh, eBay is is certainly a major player in, in cards and collectibles nowadays. Um, if you haven't heard, we, we we've talked about it, but every second of every day, a trading card is sold on eBay, which is unbelievable from from once they came. So Bob is director of trading cards at eBay, and we really talk about. Um, his plans for, for eBay and, and their, the plans of how they're going to handle uh, cards and how they're going to improve the experience for collectors. And, and it's a really interesting uh, interview. So stick around for that. Then next week, we're going to have Artist Gilmore from the NBA, NBA Hall of Fame. He played in the ABA and NBA with a, a bunch of teams. So we're going to talk to Artist about his illustrious career. And then uh, we all have also have all our regular segments this week, right, Drew? We do. We've got Baker's Dozen. Quick rundown of everything big in the hobby news from the past week. Making the grade where you can talk about all things related to card grading and any news in that area of the hobby. We've got our stamp of approval where we'll just talk about any kind of things we want to give our thumbs up to from the past week. The Vern Rap Minute covering all the deaths in the world of celebrities, sports, and politics. And of course, the main reason why you're here, all of our TTM returns. Yeah, and I had a good week and Drew, I had a good week in person. So we're going to talk a little TTM returns near the end of the show. Guys, we want your feedback. We love getting emails and uh, questions and comments from you guys. Send it to us at 978-729-0662. That is our text line. Or you can email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. How do they, how they contact us, Drew? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. Guys, you know, I'm going to I'm going to apologize to one of our listeners because he had sent an email last week and I said I was going to answer it on the show. But we have a lot to go over uh, this week, so we will take care of that next week. We have a good listener email next week and I'll send you a prize. So I apologize if you're waiting, waiting for, for the, uh, the question, because answer the question, because you had a bunch of cool TTM questions. You're new to TTM and we want to share that with a fellow TTM. So I apologize. We will take care of that next week. But please send us your questions and comments and feedback to ttmcast at yahoo.com. We're going to go right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com. 
Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a summary, new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. First, I just want to remind everyone to check out my weekly article on TTM and autograph collecting on Sports Collectors Daily. We're going uh, to have a, another great article this week, usually post on Monday or Tuesday, sportscollectorsdaily.com. Check that out. We have some auction news to let you uh, be aware of. Bill Russell, former Celtic, not the shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the former Boston Celtic. His jersey sold for $1 million on Hunt Auctions. It's a game-worn jersey. It was autographed. They didn't. He couldn't remember what game it was from or what season it was from, but um, Bill Russell was part of the Bill Russell collection that he had uh, um, uh, was auctioning off, and this was the second part of the auction, and uh, Hunt Auction, they, they sold it for $1 million, which is unbelievable for just a, an autographed jersey. Memory Lane's got their uh, big auction underway. 2,200 lots going up on there. It's going to run through May 21st. Go and check that out at memorylaneinc.com. They've always got a lot of really great stuff in there. So if you're one of the big spenders who can get on some of those things, go and check it out. Another big news coming from Robert Edwards Auction. They auctioned off a T206 Hornus Wagner card, which, of course, is the uh, the holy grail of cards. Um, I think, what, what did we see, say, Drew? There was about 60 of them in the world, right? Somewhere around that. I've heard anywhere from 40 to 60 approximately. Yeah, and well, uh, a trimmed version. And this this one was uh, had was creased and had been trimmed. It got trimmed way back in the day when the, it was probably pulled out of a pack by some kid. And uh, it sold for $1.5 million. It last sold in 2019 for $540,000. And prior to that, it sold in 2012 for $198,000. But it sold this past week on Robert Ed Edwards auction for $1.5 million. So guys, if you ever find a T206 in the wild someplace, it really doesn't matter what condition it is, it's in because it's worth a million bucks, right? It's like finding, finding a lottery ticket, right, Drew? Exactly. And the crazy thing is we're saying like, oh yeah, if you've got a Wagner, sell it now. But I'm sure plenty of people were saying that back in 2019 when that one went for half a million too. So it seems with that card, I mean, the sky's the limit, I think. I mean, it's just amazing how much that has just kept on going up and up and up over the years. Uh, well, we some, had that kind of, uh, I don't know, a shockwave in the hobby this week, yeah. right? With a card pulled through. Yeah, um, a Wander Franco one of one platinum parallel from a 2022 tops, I believe. So slightly lower print run than the Hose Wagner there, but probably won't quite carry the uh, the value for uh, that the Wagner has. But still, pulled from a hanger box sold at a Walgreens in California. They're talking about that probably going for five figures at some point, and that's amazing to be pulled from a hanger box like that. Yeah, and you know, everyone on uh, I should say everyone, a lot of people on uh, Twitter and on uh, Instagram were all up in arms that uh, the one of one. This, this kind of chase card of, the, of 2022 ended up in a retail hanger box as opposed to being in a hobby box someplace or, you know, found in a card store someplace. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, you know what, deal with it. So some, I think it's really good that uh, just an ordinary collector, even just some random person 
could end up with a card like that. There's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, of course, if you pay a lot of money for a, you know, higher end box or something like that, you should have a better return on your investment. But that doesn't mean that, you know, it's the $10, $20 thing that you pick up at a Walgreens or whatever should just be loaded with crap either. You should have a chance to be able to pull something crazy like that. And I think, honestly, thumbs up to tops for, you know, putting it in something like that that could just be pulled by a random person instead of, you know, steering it towards somebody intentionally or anything. It gives you and guys like you and I hope, right? Because I, right. I don't know about you, about you, but if I'm in a Walgreens or CVS or wherever and I see, see cards, I'll pick up a, a hanger box just, just for fun, or, you know, for a $20 fun and I'm you know I'm not investing it and I'm op- opening to to get the cards and it's I'm sure the guy that bought the hanger box out of Walgreens wasn't saying oh this is my investment for 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 the week it's he probably just liked the cards and got lucky and, and grabbed the card um I know there was a lot of people when I said a lot of people a lot of people on Twitter and on Instagram that was up in arms that this wasn't found in uh you know, you know, in a pristine, uh, you know, but thousand dollar hobby box someplace, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but it is what it is. Well, I just want to let everyone know, uh, tops released their 2002 series one NFTs. This is for the kids. Cause Drew and I are, even though we've talked about people about NFTs, we just haven't got into it yet, but it was released on the 28th. Uh, so check it out. You can go to just put on uh, tops NFTs. You can you can find out how you can purchase them. I'm not even sure if they're sold out or not yet, but they did get released the other day. So uh, just for, for you NFT collectors, we want to cut. We don't want to be snobs about everything, right, Drew? Well, what about exactly. those old guys? So yep. if you if you're interested in, and they are kind of cool, check it out. The uh, Tops 2022 Series One NFTs have been released. Got some more uh, guests added to the list of signers at the National. A couple of big name non-Hall of Famers in Andrew Jones, Ray Knight, Dale Murphy, and Lance Parrish. Also, Daryl Strawberry put on the list. Hockey Hall of Famer Brian Leach is on the list there now, too, along with Baseball Hall of Famer Jack Morris, Basketball Hall of Famer Dan Issel. And we finally have had two more names added to the VIP signers. Former Giants pitcher John Montefusco, the count, he's going to be out there, as is former Heisman Trophy winner at Nebraska and running back for the Oilers and Falcons, Mike Rozier. Of course, uh, tickets for any autographs will go on sale May 26th, and the show is July 27th through the 31st out in Atlantic City. You can get all the info on that at nsccshow.com. And like we said earlier in the show, Jeff and I are both going to be out there. So find us, say hi. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll try to get everyone together at some point if we can as well. Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. There's 80 something days left, 88, 89 days left before the Nationals. So fast approaching. We're three months away, but we're, we're really looking forward to it. This kind of, um, I don't know, we'll call this uh, TTM news, right, Drew? Two guys yeah. that, are, that, are, that are signing TTM. They're signing through uh, Mike McGuire. Mike McGuire, of course, is the guy, the gentleman who uh, is uh, signing for, is dehailing um, Jim Cott's signatures now. Let me give you out his address. It's Mike McGuire, P.O. Box 6, Blue Diamond, Nevada, 89004. Once again. Mike McGuire, P.O. Box 6, Blue Diamond, Nevada, 89004. Well, he's handling signings for a couple more uh, former pros. Is Jose Canseco, which are $15 a card, and Greg Jeffries, which is $10 for cards and $5 for inscriptions. They're, these guys are only doing cards. So if you're looking for photos or magazines or anything to sign through, through uh, Mike McGuire, he's not doing those. These are just the baseball cards. If you make sure you put the guy's name that you want signed. So if you're sending for Jeffries or Conseco or Jim Cott, make sure you put the guy's name in the address. So you just put it Mike McGuire and then put the, the per, for whoever you want signed. P.O. Box 6, Blue Diamond, Nevada, 
8900 and um he's uh, you know i've seen good result reviews from him so uh it's it's fairly safe to send whatever you want and i know um Kostenko signs his rookie card greg jeffries will sign his rookie card i know jim cott signs his rookie card so check it out uh, just if you want to it's mike mcguire p.o box six blue diamond nevada eight nine zero zero four and um we'll put we'll put his address up on on our website just so you have it he's um, been uh, doing a lot of private signings with conseco for a number of years now i think he's uh i think he kind of works almost as like conseco's agent now so yeah he's got a good relationship with him and i know uh i sent to a signing with that uh, chris riffon did with conseco and i think riffon does that kind of in conjunction with mcguire there as well my stuff came back great so definitely a good uh good addition to the hobby there having him getting a couple guys like that at very affordable prices yeah i agree just a couple new releases we want to make everyone aware of. These all came out on the 27th. Donruss Baseball came out. I saw a, um, a break of them. They're they're okay. They're Donruss. You know what I mean? They're you know they got the rated rookie. They got some inserts. Obviously, there's no there's no um, logos, which I, I'm not a big fan of. But it, you know Donruss is Donruss, and there's no real surprises. I don't think. But you can get a um uh, a ho- I guess a, a hobby box. We'll call it a hobby box. Yeah. 24 packs, eight cards per pack, get two autos, one memorabilia, 24 blue parallels, four independence day parallels, and one Liberty parallel all for $125. So it's very, it's an affordable product. Um, you know, again, it is what it is, right? Donruss is, yeah. is what it is. Uh, Don, I like Donruss optic a little more than I, the, the straight Donruss, but uh, it's a good, it's a good introductory uh, set or, or to collect for kids. I would think. It definitely is. And it's a good one for set builders as well. I mean, out of that box, in addition to all those uh, inserts and parallels that you're talking about, you're going to get about 160 base cards out of there. So you're probably going to get a good 60% of the base set out of a single box there. So if you're a set builder, it's a fun product to be able to build. I did the, I think it was a 2018 set. And yeah, it was just fun break. And like you said, yeah. you know, you don't have the logos, but so what? You got some really good stuff in there. At least. Yeah, the cards look good. I mean, they're, they're, they're fine. They're fine. Uh, we've got a Panini Revolution basketball coming out this uh, week as well. You get eight cards per pack, five card, eight eight cards per pack, five packs per box. I believe is the breakdown on it. So forty cards total in there. You get four rookies, four inserts, and eight parallels. So some nice stuff right there from Panini. Three hundred forty dollars is what they're going to be running on the uh, price on that product. And this one's for Drew and I. They just put these out for Drew and I. No one else really cares about it, but Drew and I love it. So 2021-22 Upper Deck Series One Hockey. I love Upper Deck Hockey. Uh, keep keep going, Upper Deck. You guys do great. Young guns. I love the there's a young gun card in, in the box. There's a, these are blaster boxes. There's seven uh, packs per block, box, eight cards per pack, and they only go for like 22 bucks. It's it's a uh, you know hockey is still an affordable take, and I, I love anytime there is release for hockey. Well, guys, that wraps up Baker's dozen for the week. We're gonna go right into our contest. <laughs> Well, this week we're going to continue the contest that we started last week and we're going to give a, let it run one more week we're going to raffle off an autographed copy of sam mcdowell's new book it's the saga of sudden sam and it's it talks about his uh career in the major leagues his rise and fall from al- alcoholism and his redemption and it's a really fun book drew have you started reading it yet i haven't yet i've had such a busy week here for the last week that i've got a chance to touch it but hopefully i'm going to be able to get on that starting here in the next week or so well, we're going to give away an autographed copy of Sam's new book. Uh, Drew, why don't you let people know how they can register? 
Of course, just send your name and your mailing address to ttmcast at yahoo.com or send that information to our text line 978-729-0662. Yeah, and we'll be announcing the winner on next week's show. So uh, please enter. We've got a lot of entries, but I wanted to go one more week because it's a good good prize. And uh, Sam was a good guy coming on the show last week, and it's a great book. So we want to help promote his book. Next up is Making the Grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Well, making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. And the grading community has been really busy lately. A lot of stuff going on. We got an announcement coming out from our friends at CSG. They have a new partnership with PWCC Marketplace. Um, what you can do is you can submit cards to get graded uh, by CSG three, through the PWC Marketplace. It's a 10-day turnaround, no upfront fee for the card grading. Uh, and there's a, a selling service through uh, collect the, through PwC. So card uh, collectors can submit their raw cards through PwC. CSG will grade the cards and encapsulate the cards. The cards are then immediately added to the PwC auction builder uh, curation algorithm, which optimizes cards for sale in upcoming PwC weekly Sunday auctions. I know that's a mouthful, but basically... You can submit cards with a 10-day turnaround through PwC. CSG grades them, and then they go up uh, on sale in the they'll then go up on sale in the PwC marketplace. So check it out. You can go to csg.click forward slash PwCC. Once again, that's csg.click forward slash PwCC for, to learn more about it. Uh, it's a great program. It's a great partnership with, uh, between two great companies. So um, check it out, and there's a quick turnaround for your cards. So if you're looking to sell semi cards, uh, you know, graded cards, CSG and PwC can help you out. PSA has been uh, keeping themselves here pretty busy for a while. You know, a year ago, they were at a 12 million card backlog. Well, they've gotten that down to under 4 million cards right now on that backlog. They say they're hoping to be caught up in about three months or so, which is absolutely amazing. I mean, that means they're cranking out 12 million cards per month of just a bat or 1 million cards per month of just backlog. So that's, that's wow. I mean, you're, that's uh, keeping them pretty busy right there, but hoping to have it caught up in three months or saying right now, definitely looking forward to that and getting, uh, getting everything back kind of on track and under control there for them. I don't even know what a million cards looks like. You know, that's a lot of freaking cards. I have, I have <sighs> cards, but I don't have a million cards. I don't know how many you have, but I'm probably close somewhere between, I'm, probably close to 200,000 or so. And that takes up way too much space. And that doesn't even include like all the, uh, all the encapsulation stuff there either. So that's, uh, I mean, yeah, just bare cards alone. It takes up a nice little corner of my living room here. So. Yeah. I probably had about a hundred thousand cards. I think maybe a little more, not, not too much more, but um, that it's still, that's a, it's a lot of cards. So congratulations to PSA for catching up on their backlog. And again, anytime we can get more graded cards into the hobby, I think that's a good thing. Don't you Drew? Definitely is. One one last thing I want to just remind everyone about our friends at DSG. That's Diamond Service Grading, DSGgrading.com. They have a uh, exclusive uh, coupon. This is just for TTM Cast listeners. That's you guys. Exclusive to you guys. Five dollar coupon. Use the code four H M U G T Z G. Once again, it's four H M U G T Z G. 
Don't worry if you didn't write it down. It's available on our website. You get $5 off their standard grading, which is their standard cost is $30, and it's going to cost you $25. Uh, CSG, DSG, DSG, make sure DSG <laughs> offers all sorts of cool stuff, including a QR code on their label. You just scan the QR code and find out what card, why your card got the grade it got. They have new era labels. They also have next day uh, turnaround, which is a little more than $30. I think it's about $125, $150 now. But you can use the coupon code on that. Check them out. Diamond Service Grading. They're still meeting the 30-day turnaround. DSG Grading. Diamond Service Grading. Great company. Check them out. Well, that wraps up uh, our uh, TTM cast. That was our uh, making the grade. You I got to get my, my segments straight, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up making great. I was all excited for what? TTM cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Well, Drew, why don't you do that? Your TTM cast stamp of approval is something you've been really active in doing some announcing with. Yeah, it's actually, it's a sport that I used to play as well. Uh, there's a sport out there called floorball that I'm not sure if any of our listeners have ever seen or ever played, but it's kind of an offshoot of street hockey. It's played usually on like a gym floor, a little bit larger than a basketball court. It's got a kind of boards going around it about a foot and a half high. So you got to keep your shots and passes down pretty low on that, but played very similar to hockey. And it's a growing sport worldwide. It's been very big in Finland and Sweden for a long time. But coming up in November in Switzerland, we're going to have the World Floorball Championships. They have every two years... And it's every two years, men in the even number years, women in the odd number years. So men's tournament is coming up in November. And so this weekend here in uh, Fort Worth over at TCU, they have the North American qualifying tournament between Team USA and Team Canada. And so uh, last night and uh, should, say, should say Friday night and uh, now coming up here on Saturday night, we're recording this on Saturday morning, of course, but I'll be the broadcast voice for that tournament on the uh, IF International Floorball Federation's channel one on youtube so uh it's a lot of fun getting a call friday night's game is a four to one win for canada in that one so u.s needs to have a four goal victory tonight to be able to have any chance of qualifying for the worlds but should be an excellent game again tonight and so if you want to uh check out my broadcast uh, it'll be probably if we're putting this up on sunday it'll be on tape delay and everything there but you can watch the entire broadcast both friday and saturday's games you just look up iff channel one on youtube it'll have everything on there for those two games between u.s and canada so USA Floorball gets my stamp of approval for the week because, I mean, they've just been putting in a lot of work on this, a lot of great effort to finally get a qualifying tournament held in the U.S. on a great, uh, in a great gym as well. I mean, TCU has a great facility there. They just bought a, an Olympic quality floor for it as well. So uh, really cool to see them get that put in and put down. And it's just, I mean, it's a big event for USA Floorball just for the growth of floorball in North America as a whole. So been a lot of fun, and USA Floorball, therefore, gets my stamp of approval for this week. All right, guys, check it out at U for USA Floorball. It's on YouTube. You can listen to all Drew's uh, calls of the games. I'm sure they're very cool. Uh, my T. Tim Cast stamp of approval this week is a book. I've been reading a book. It's called Pinnacle on the Mound. It is by Doug Wedge. It is um, Cy Young winners talk about uh, their Cy Young uh, season and, and why and about their baseball career. And it's kind of cool. So they talk to all sorts of different, he talks to all sorts of different Cy Young winners. Um, it's a, I don't know, it's about a 200 page book. I'm about two thirds of the way through it. And each chapter he covers a, has an, a, an interview with a Cy Young, former Cy Young winner. So it's uh, a great book. It's a quick read. Uh, congratulations. Uh, it's Doug Webb and it's called Pinnacle on the Mound. 
and it's a fun read. So check it out. Doug, uh, Doug Wedge, Pinnacle on the Mound. That gets my TTM cast stamp of approval. Next up, we're going to go right into Burn Rat Minute. The Burn Rat Minute is dedicated to Mr. Burn Rat, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. We just let people know who passed away in the world of celebrity and politics and sports who might be, uh, he might send out a TTM request too. Uh, so we just want to make any, everyone aware of that. Uh, we lost in the world of politics, Orrin Hatch. Orrin was the uh, longest serving Republican senator from the state of Utah. Uh, he passed away. He was 88 years old. John Stofa, who is an original member of both the Dolphins and the Bengals, died this week, age 79. He was a quarterback out of the University of Buffalo, spent a couple of years with Miami before going to Cincinnati. And he is actually the one who threw the first touchdown pass for the Bengals, happened in their second game, returned to Miami, eventually retired in 1970. He was known to be a solid TTMer, so unfortunately lost him this week at 79. We also lost Garland Boyette. Garland Boyette was a linebacker and defensive end uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals and the Houston Oilers from 1962 to 1972. He was a two-time Pro Bowler. He was uh, 82 years old. He was not a TTMer, uh, but he passed away the other day, so we lost Garland Burnett, Boyette, who was 82 years old. And, Drew, thankfully, that is it for uh, Vern Rat Minute. We had a, a nice, quiet week. I, I don't like when we have all, all sorts of people that passed away. So our condolences go out to their friends and family. We are sorry for your loss. Next up, we're going to talk TTM returns. Now is the time to submit your sports cards to CSG. CSG offers some of the fastest turnaround times in the industry at the most affordable prices, ranging from three to 45 business days and grading fees as low as $12 per card. Take advantage of the improved turnaround times and get your cards back in your hands with the new CSG label, faster than ever. Go to csgcards.com for details. Well, Drew, since I really had a, a big week in returns, I'm going to let you uh, take take care of your one measly TTM return that I take taking a, a page out of my book because I got about 18 or 20 to talk about. Yeah, it was a very slow week for me this week. I mean, like I said, I made up for it last weekend with all the in-person autographs. So, and you can see the stack I've got right here of stuff that I need to put into my boxes there at least. So I did get that done. So, I mean, I'm pretty happy with all that at least. So fun stuff there. But yeah, my only TTM return that I got this week was Jamie Holland. He was a wide receiver for the, let's see, the Chargers, the Raiders, and eventually uh, finished up his career with the Browns, I believe, before a little short stint in the CFL. We signed all four cards I sent to him, and what's great, too, is he actually changed pen color as well, used a blue pen on the Chargers cards and a black pen there on the Raiders card that I sent. So Nice. Yeah, it's always fun when players do something like that. I mean, I prefer my cards signed in blue, but if you're going to do something like that, at least, you know, yeah, keep, keep the team colors straight or something like that. It was pretty cool there. Unfortunately, I didn't have a Browns card of him at all. I'm not even sure if he had any with the Browns. He only played like three or four games there, I think. But I put an index card in there. I thought maybe he might sign that one too, but no. So if I send to him again at some point down the line, I'll try to make like a custom Browns index or something like that for him. That's it. One measly return. Yeah, it was a really <laughs> light week. And I mean, it's that's, because that's like, my it, birthday Mr. was last week. Return. You're, losing, you're losing your title. I know. Yeah. And I mean, it was my birthday last week. You'd think I should get like, you know, 50 in after that. I mean, 
come on, people. I mean, why, why is this on like the calendars everywhere? <laughs> but yeah, I just had the one there. But I mean, I mentioned it, you know, last week that I've had terrible luck at the mailbox on my birthday. I had uh, in my entire time of TTMing, I have gotten one birthday success in my entire life. And I mean, having had over what, 2,100, 2,200, maybe even more than that successes, that comes out to an average of maybe like eight on any given day of a calendar. Why only one on my birthday there? It's like, you know, all right, what, what's going on here, universe? Come on, stop messing with me here. I know, that's not fair. Well, Drew, I had a bunch of returns, so I'll go through mine. I don't want to spend an hour on it, but I really could. So <laughs> I, I, um, I, a couple weeks ago, I picked up a bunch of 1980 Topps football cards. So I've been, I sent out a, a bunch of those like two weeks ago when they're starting to filter in, and I got some other older ones. So I got Mike Fuller, who was a safety with the San Diego Chargers, signed in blue Sharpie. Uh, on his 1980 top football card. And that came, that was, again, in less than two weeks. I got uh, Rich Jones, who was a forward for the San Antonio Spurs in the ABA. And he signed on his 1974 tops card. He signed it in blue Sharpie. And it was a kind of one of those dark cards, you know. So he, But he signed it on the side. Show Drew. Signed it around the side of the card. All right. Yep. Kind of cool. I got, this is a fun one for me, because he, he wasn't signing for a little while. I got Rocky Blyer, who I was always a big fan of, a Vietnam vet. Uh, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers on his 1980 tops card. He signed it in nice blue Sharpie and he put his, his uh, number on it. I got one of Drew's favorite guys running back, Greg Pruitt from the nice. Cleveland Browns signed, signed it in nice blue Sharpie with his number. And again, these all, all came back less than two weeks. I got uh Jim Hart, former quarter, quarterback with the St. Louis Cardinals. He personalized it. He uh, signed it in blue Sharpie with his number. Again, these are all 1980 tops football cards. So I got, I got a bunch uh, back on those. I got Hall of Famer Bob Lilly uh, sent $5 along. And this is his 1975 Topps card. I, ha I had had it sitting around for a while. I said, oh, well, let me send this off. I mean to send it off. And he signed it. He signed Bob Lilly and put Hall of Fame 1980 on it. So that, that was kind of cool. I got uh, Tony Galbraith from the Saints, running back from the Saints. He signed his name and number on a 1980 Topps card. I got Rick Upchurch. Rick, Rick signed his uh, 1980, uh, 1979 record breaker card and his 1980 card. He signed his name and number on both of the cards uh, in black Sharpie. Got that back. I got, this is a baseball one. I got Ed Ott from the Pittsburgh Pirates. He signed his 1976 rookie card with uh, Andy Merchant, Royce, uh, Royal Stillman, and Jerry, Wright, uh, Jerry White. And I saw Andy Merchant signing, so I'm going to send this off. Dandy Merchant next, and I think Royce Stillman signs as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send that off. And he also signed his 1979 Tops card and his 1980 Tops card. So I got uh, three cards signed by Ed Ott from the Pittsburgh Pirates. I got Haven Moses on his 1980 Tops card. He was wide receiver with the uh, Denver Broncos. He signed his name and number and nice blue sharpie. I got Jeff West. Jeff West was a punter with the San Diego Chargers. He signed his name and number on a 1980 Topps card. So I got I got I got a ton of 1980 Topps football and baseball cards. Then I got um two from Bob Montgomery, catcher for the Boston Red Sox, his local guy here. Uh, he signed Monty Montgomery uh, for his uh, signature on his 1980 card and his 1976 Topps card. And those, that was like less than a week. He lives like two towns over from me, so it was oh, a, nice. a real quick turnaround. Then I got Daryl Knowles. Knowles pitcher. He pitched on a bunch of teams. He pitched with the Senators and A's. This is actually his 1980 Topps card with the Cardinals, and he signed in a blue Sharpie. And then lastly, I was very happy to get this one. Uh, I sent $5. It's um, Ken Herbeck, his, his rookie card, 1983 
top circuit card. Nice. So he signed it nice blue Sharpie and I got it back in a couple weeks uh, and I sent $5 donation for, for that one. So that was pretty good. That's a pretty good week. I, as I said, I probably sent out 50, like two weeks ago of all the 1980 football cards. And I still have a bunch of other ones out there. I sent out, I think I sent out eight or 10 um, the other day. So I've got a bunch, I got a lot out there now uh, and I'm trying to send out 10 a week. That's my goal to send out 10 a week. So uh I'm getting getting some, some more stamps. I got a bunch sitting here waiting to go out, so I just need some stamps. I'll have some more sending out. So that was good. That was a good week returns. Now I have now I have to take a breath. Time for taking <laughs> a breath. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been really uh, mailing out a whole bunch this week. Like I said, you know, I had a pretty busy week there and everything. But now we're rolling into May. It's like, all right, I got my stamp budget coming up here. I can get another batch of them. I've been working a bunch of overtime, so I can probably pay the fees out a few if I want to for seventy two. So. Got stuff coming along at least. So hopefully I can uh, crank out a few more here as well. Yeah, I tried. I tried Orlando Cepeda again. I sent him out yeah. the other day. So I sent out a 1966 Orlando Cepeda. Hopefully I get it back because I, I lost my 61. Yeah. <laughs> I never got it back. So I'm, I'm going to give it, I'll give it one more shot because I really would like to add Cepeda to my collection. But I know I saw he, I just saw somebody got a 73 back from him. So we'll, hopefully I'll, um, hopefully I'll get it back quick because he he has i've seen he's been a pretty 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 quick turnaround but i just i haven't had luck with him yet yeah and i, I mean i was starting to wonder myself because i mean you had those ones you were sending out to me that got you know lost and everything there and finally came back to you all damaged and i was thinking okay you had your cepeda not come back you had those not even get to me in the first place is somebody jacking your mail out there or something i mean this is this is kind of bizarre there but no i know well, we now, that, now that, that one came back it's like all right well maybe not but still i mean that's just a weird coincidence there yeah, we go to a different post office just because of that. Because of that, but we we think that my my we don't want to put any dispersions on the mail, but we we think my my mailman knows that I TTM, so he all <laughs> <laughs> he always like, what are you guys? What are you getting all those envelopes that you get back yep. all the time? Oh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up TTM uh, returns for the week. Next up is our uh, TTM cast interview. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Well, Drew, I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing Bob Beans. Bob is Director of Trading Cards at eBay, and uh, he's a very interesting guy, very smart guy, very market savvy, uh, very uh, tied into what's happening in the hobby. And we really talk a lot about what's happening in the hobby. We talk a little about um, Mint Collective. We talk a lot about... Um, what's in store for eBay as a collector and as a seller uh, in the next coming year. So we're going to learn all about uh, eBay and, and Bob Means and, and, and talk about the hobby. So please enjoy my interview with, with Bob Means, who is Director of Trading Cards at eBay. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. CSG is excited to reveal its brand new certification label. The new label matched with the hobby's best holder will enhance and preserve your cards like no other certification option. Green is gone in favor of a black, silver, and gold palette that will complement the colors of any sports card. Up your collecting game with the new CSG label, as well as the fastest turnaround times at the most affordable prices. Get the new label today at csgcards.com. Welcoming to the show is Mr. Bob Means. He is director of trading cards at eBay. Probably holds the, the one job in life that I'd really like to have other than, other than GM for the Red Sox. But Bob, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Bob, the, uh, you're welcome. Bob, the, uh, 
the hobby has grown incrementally in the last year or so. Um, and uh, the volumes of cards that have been sold, uh, being sold by eBay is incredible. Has that amazed you? Has that, that surprised you at all? It has. I, I mean, I think one of the things that, that I keep trying to remind people of is that the growth of uh, sports trading cards has been on an ascent for almost seven years now. So, you know, what we saw, what we saw in the last year was, of course, crazy, right? It was just, it was explosive and everyone knows that, but this has been a business that's been growing for um, a, a good long time. Is there um, something that's really caught hold of the general public and, and your buyers and sellers uh, in terms of uh, something that's more popular than the others? Is, is baseball cards taking a, a back seat to some of the other sports? Well, yeah, that, there's a lot to that question. So sports trading cards continues to be in the collectible space, the biggest collectible. Um, and I think that there's a couple things going on here that um, I think are happening. One is, you know, sports trading cards have been around for a long time. So you've got you've got kids growing up with it. You've got adults who grew up with it as kids. You know, it's been a part of the business, so to speak, for a, a good long time. On top of that, I think you've got because of social media, because of television, because of all of the media outlets that are out there, I think you've got athletes who can brand themselves in totally different now. And, you know, these guys have Instagram accounts, they've got, they've got their social media, like you're learning about them as not only players, but also as people. And I think that's creating an even deeper appreciation of them. So in my lifetime, there was, a, there was a day where maybe I knew most of the players locally, you know, the guys who are on the teams that I followed and there might be three or four, well, probably more than that, but there'd be some players that of course you knew um, who were on other teams. So if the, if the, if the Lakers were coming up to play the Warriors when I was a kid, yeah, I knew who Kareem was, right. I knew who Magic Johnson was, um, but I didn't know all the other players. And I think we're getting to a place now where not only do you know the other players on your team, but you know, the other players on the team that plays on the other side of the country like the, the knowledge and, and, you know, the fantasy sports is added to this as well. So in, in football season, anyone who's doing fantasy football, uh, you, you might have a bunch of guys on your team you've never heard of, but then you naturally start following them. And if you're into sports trading cards, well, that could lead to, you know what? I, I, I really like this Alvin Kamara guy. I really like this, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill or whatever it is. And you might learn about them through that. But the point is, is there's all these new avenues for people, for the, for the athletes to kind of express themselves and show who they are. Um, so I think that that's helped quite a bit. And then I think the, you know, obviously the third thing that you have to throw in there is, is the manufacturers are, are figuring out new and innovative and creative ways of bringing merchandise to life. Um, that is obviously exciting. They're, they're building in scarcity. They're doing the things that collectors love. So there's a lot of different things going on. And then when you think back to last year, then you throw COVID on top of it yep. and you throw people are at home. People have, uh, you know, they're, they're going through their closets. They're finding old cards. They're hearing about people. Um, you know, they're hearing about people within the hobby having great success and flipping cards and all of that. So it starts to kind of build its own momentum. So it was sort of the perfect conflux of all of these different things helping to drive the business. I saw uh, a, a statistic that eBay sells a card every second. And I remember at one point you guys were selling a card like every 
four seconds or something, and now you're down to you know, every card every one second. And, and what volume is running through eBay now? Well, the the number that we published, uh, the number that I can share with you is, is uh, let me make sure I get my years straight here. So in 2020, we did $2 billion in trading cards. Um, we did $2 billion in trading cards halfway through 2021. Wow. So that kind of gives, and 2020 was an explosive, amazing year. Like we were thrilled and then it just kept going. And so, um, you know, you can, you can kind of do the math in your own head. Like that was the kind of explosiveness that we saw. Now it's, it's certainly, um, it's, it's certainly slowed down this year, but we're still completely pleased. I am totally pleased with how uh, things are going and from a velocity perspective, we still see a lot of visits. We still see new people coming into the category. So we still see strength um, within the business. And what I, what I think, and this is editorial here, what I think is when you look over time, 2021 will always look like it, it'll be, you know, it, it's a, it's a mountaintop, right? If you think about it as a graph, it's going to be a mountaintop, but there's still what you really want. What we all want, if we're fans of the hobby is you want growth and you want, you want a nice trajectory and you want a, a, a steady line upward. So I think in a couple of years, you're going to draw a line through this whole business and you're going to have that steady line upward. Do you see uh, the demographics of the eBay are um, skewing, skewing younger over the last year? Well, in this category, for sure. And so there's there's definitely um, a younger a younger audience for for trading cards than some other collectible categories. You know, if you think of, I, I have a very modest, small vinyl collection. Um, I don't know if vinyl is something that's going to attract a younger customer because the, it doesn't mean anything to them. But maybe CDs will come back. <laughs> you know, who knows? But sports trading cards is one of these things that's sort of it's age resistant, I guess, would be the way you would think about it. You know, there's people, again, my age who grew up with it and they're and continuing with the hobby. And then there's kids getting into it because, um, you know, it's something that they really enjoy. I really, I, I really enjoyed going to, we were at the Mint uh, in Las Vegas recently. And before that, we were at Culture Collision in Atlanta. And it was cool seeing the amount of really young kids, you know, 10 year olds, 12 year olds. And they're walking around with their little, their case of cards and they're into it. They're little businessmen and or business women like they're they're totally into it. Um, and then I think that the I think that the age starts to skew even further if you start to actually throw collectible card games into this category as well. So when you start getting Pokemon and some of the non-sports trading cards, then you start to see the, the age go uh, younger as well. We're speaking with Bob Means. Bob is director of trading cards at eBay. You admit, you mentioned the Mint Collective, and this was the first year of the, the event that was held at the end of March. Um, what did you, you learn from most from participating in the event? Uh, the Mint was cool. And I think, um, I think any of these card shows have a value for eBay to be at because it really gives us a chance to interact with our customers in a way that we can't do on the platform itself. Uh, which is face to face, you know, open dialogue and, and listening to people who are having, you know, seller issues, systemic issues, buyer issues, whatever they might be. And, and it's really super informative for us to get that firsthand knowledge. And one of the one of the great things about being at something like the Mint is we also have, you know, the equivalent of our help desk guys there live in person. And those guys are always incredibly popular at these events. And you can get you can get that face to face time with them. And, and, you know, I think one of the things that was um, interesting is uh, 
we had one seller come in who's a huge seller and just had never figured out how to turn on local pickup, for instance. And so sometimes there's these little tiny things that we can fix and make someone's business be that much better. Sometimes we, we dig in and we find out that there might be something wrong with their automation that's creating a listing problem. And, and you know, we actually really get deep into their, into their seller account and we fix some things. Um, so I, I love the fact that we can get there. We can have these face-to-face and learn about some of the issues that people might be dealing with. Um, it's also great to talk to the buyers. You know, what are you guys looking for? How can we improve search? How can we improve price guidance? How can we do, how can we make it easier for you to find what you're looking for? And then the third reason to be at these shows, especially like the Mint Collective, is you see a lot of the people that are getting engaged in the space for, for other reasons, like different businesses that are emerging around it, new graders that are coming in, uh, new technology scans that people are doing. Uh, so there's always a value of seeing that kind of thing. And then it gives us a chance to also, um, you know, bring, highlight kind of our, our very broad inventory that we have available at any one given time and do some exclusive things. So at the Mint this last time, we, uh, we worked with NFL draft prospects, Kayvon Thibodeau, and, you know, we did a trading card of his, which was sort of a personal trading card. We did a, a cool silver, um, one single silver ounce trading coin. Um, you know, and the spirit of that is just like, look at all these different things that are out there from a collectible perspective. Um, I, I think the Mint Collective is also, was also great. So we could start, I want to start getting that message out there that, um, you know, this, this, this idea of collection goes much further than just sports trading cards. Uh, sports memorabilia has been on fire. Comics have been on fire. And they follow a lot of the same, um, they follow a lot of the same kind of core rules, if you know what I'm saying. So when you're, when you're thinking about, when you're speculating on a sports trading card, you know, LaMelo Ball, you're, you're assuming he's going to be great. You think he's a guy that you want to collect. You like watching him play. You're a fan of him as a, as a player. You know, we've seen the same thing happen in sports memorabilia, the same kind of connectivity to the athletes. Um, we're seeing the same thing in comics. Now, this is kind of a stretch, but you can imagine um, in the comic world, there's just this, this massive thing going on with Marvel right now. So people are trying to ga- gobble up Spider-Man. They're trying to look for first, um, they're looking for the first uh, appearance of, of a bad guy or a good guy. Yep. Um, Disney just released Moon Knight as an example. And suddenly we see all this interest in Moon Knight on the site. Uh, people are looking for the first appearance of Moon Knight because they're they're seeing like, let's find these critical moments uh, that are connected to these uh, players or these characters, and we're going to collect them. So the Mint, the Mint was a, looping back to the Mint, the Mint was a great opportunity to get out there and talk to the people and share like what we see happening in collectibles and have them share with us what they see happening is with collectibles. It was a great opportunity to, go see some of the technology that's coming in to make people, you know, people's collecting collection journey be that much easier. And then it's also a great opportunity just to see like how it's starting to spread out there into other categories. Have you seen the proliferation of ticket stubs being really uh, popular? It seems to be taking the forefront lately. Yeah. Tickets, tickets is an interesting one. It's definitely starting to pick up some steam. Uh, It's definitely a growth um, right now, it's on a, a higher growth trajectory than, say, the total sports trading card business. So it's it's got some explosive growth. Uh, you know, I think it's a new business, and I think people are figuring out where where the value is. Me personally, I've seen some tickets that carry with them historical significance, mm-hmm. and that's super cool to me. Right? You, you know, if you've got a ticket to, um, you know, a particular. A, 
if you've got a ticket to a Super Bowl, that's interesting. Um, if you've got a ticket to Peyton Manning's last game, that's also interesting. Like if there's some way of connecting some importance to the game um, or to the event that occurred, I think it's really, really uh, an interesting business. And I, and I think that it, it's, it's a lot like memorabilia. Um, you know, I was looking at, I was looking at some things out there that exist in the, in the ticket space that you wouldn't necessarily think of as a ticket. It's more of like a printed historic document. Um, I saw like the cancel, I saw the, the, not the canceled check, but the, um, the cashed check of Jackie Robinson's first rent payment, right? Like, <laughs> you know, that's a very unique singular thing, but there's a whole historical significance to that. Uh, and that's where I think these tickets become really interesting to me is when they've got that built in history that's so valuable. The, um, you know, there were a lot of panel discussions in, in different um, parts of the hobby that, that were featured at the Mint Collective. And was there any one panel discussion that you were involved in or, or saw that, that, that really opened your eyes to something that's happening in the hobby? Well, you know, the, the, the only one I was able to participate in was with Peyton Manning, Josh Luber, and oh, I'm going to blank on his name, but the guy from Wheelhouse Productions, uh, shoot crush me that I, I'm not pulling this back, but, you know, I thought that was a really good, um, I thought that was a really good forum. Uh, again, super valuable to be able to throw open questions out there and have people, um, you, you know, pose questions to fanatics, to eBay, to Peyton. Um, one of the questions that, that came out that I thought was so good was how could we participate from an educational perspective? Um, and my answer to that um, was, you know, and it goes back to the kids that we were just talking about a second ago and how these guys are becoming like young business people. They're learning about the idea of cost basis. They're learning about the idea of margin. They're learning about the idea of negotiations. And I think there's something there. And um, that's, I love it when, whenever I'm in one of these things and somebody poses a question that I can't get out of my mind, that it just kind of sits back there of, yeah, how, what could we do? What could we do to incorporate, uh, you know, an educational model here? Is there some way, um, you know, running an eBay store, for instance, will teach a ton of things to you as a kid. Like you have to think about the shipping, you have to think about responsibility, you have to think about all of these. So that one stuck with me. Like, is there something more we can do here? Is there a way of doing trading cards that that teachers could use to help teach math? You know, I, I think there's a lot of interesting things to unpack there for us to think about. One of the things that really surprised me as a collector and as an eBay buyer, um, I've never been a seller, but is eBay to me was always kind of the flea market of the world. You know, you go on and you pick it, pick up your card that you were looking for for $10, $15, $20. But lately you've had a lot of uh, high value sales and, you know, uh, five, six, seven uh, figure sales on eBay. Um, is, is, is that a growth segment for you guys? And has that surprised you how... Um, prevalent that has become with the high value sales? Yeah, you know, uh, any, I suppose you could say any sales is valuable. Um, I think the most important thing for us to do is develop and continue to improve the trust signals that we have between our sellers and our buyers so that you should feel confident paying for or selling anything at any value. Um, eBay prides itself on having a very wide and diverse assortment. And that also includes by price point, right? Mm -hmm. You know, 
And if there's a dollar card out there, we want you to be able to find it. Um, it starts to, the inventory gets obviously more rare as you make your way up by price point, right? So once you're in the seven figures, there's not that many cards that fit that mold. There's not that many things that fit that mold. And But anywhere within the collectible world, I would want people to feel comfortable being able to purchase something at that price point. Um, one of the things that is important for us is, is, again, we keep talking about how like everyone's collection journey is, is unique to them. And um, $100 could be a real stretch for you. $500 could be a real stretch for you. $1,000 could be, and so on, so on, right? And regardless, what you need to be able to do is feel comfortable doing that stretch. Um, we don't want, we want to improve the trust signal so, to the point that, you know, Jeff, if you had a $1,000 card, are you going to be comfortable selling it on eBay? And then if I want to buy that $1,000 card from you, am I comfortable buying it on eBay? Do I feel protected? Do you feel protected? Like we really have to walk this fine edge, this fine line of making sure that both sides are feeling protected through this process. So, you know, it's, it's less about the individual cards because I will tell you that, you know, the, the big ones are super fun. They're exciting. You know, they're newsworthy. You get the press release out there, you throw it up on social. Oh my God, look what just happened. But the bread and butter is the everyday collector. And the everyday collector is not buying seven-figure cards. The everyday collector is buying $50 cards, $100 cards, $200 cards. Um, and so that's where all the inventory is. That's where all the velocity is. That's where everything is happening. Um, but all that being said, yeah, I want to sell more. I want to sell more high-value cards for sure, because that that is going to tell me that I've made positive strides towards improving the trust between the buyers and the seller and making the marketplace as trusted as possible. Sure. We're speaking with Bob Means. Bob is Director of Trading Cards at eBay. Bob, what you, you, we, you mentioned protecting the collector in, in one of the, the, the programs you just recently launched in conjunction with CSG, who's one of our show sponsors, is uh, protecting the collector against counterfeits and fakes. And can you just give us a little outline of what that inv involves for the seller and for the collector? So you're talking about authenticity guarantee. Yes. Yeah. So currently we're at a $350 price point. We want to get that price point down. Currently it's just raw cards. Um, we want to add graded cards at some point. Um, but what we're doing is basically if you buy a card over $350 it hits a couple conditions. So, um, or it doesn't, I, yeah. So it, it hits a couple conditions. So let's just take a very simple basic $350, whatever card. Um, it's going to travel from the seller to the AG location. So the seller basically doesn't have any, there's no difference to their work stream outside of the fact that now they're sending it to location B versus directly to the buyer. Okay. Um, that adds some time and it adds some, it adds, it adds a delay to the shipment window, but you know, in general, we haven't seen more than a two-day delay added to this. And, you know, I think anyone who buys a lot of eBay also understands that, um, you know, you usually get your card pretty darn fast to begin with. So I, what we're hearing is people are okay with that extra delay, knowing that they're getting a card that's run through authentication. They've confirmed that it's legit. Um, they've also confirmed that it's it's the card that you wanted to buy. So there's there's really two big pieces that are happening here. You're exactly right. We're making sure... We're looking to see if we think it's counterfeit. Um, the other thing we're doing is just making sure that the card that you, there wasn't a mistake on the on the uh, seller side, right? Um, you can imagine with all the cards out there, um, you listed a blue prism and unfortunately sent the purple prism, right? Like there's, 
it's easy to make a mental mistake while you're doing this kind of stuff. So we're, we're looking for that kind of um, snad, significantly not as described. We're also double checking condition. So if somebody lists something as a near mint card and it comes to the authenticator with, um, you know, corner damage and a crease in it, that's going to get returned too. So we're sort of trying to stop some of the things that might've been frustrating as a buyer. Um, we think there's a, we think the, the sellers are, are embracing it. They understand that, that authenticity just works in their favor as well. Um, it was highly successful in the categories that we rolled it out before coming to trading cards, which was sneakers, watches, handbags. Uh, it just adds again, another layer of trust that when you get that card, you've got what you were asking for. I saw, and I forgive me if uh, I think it was on, on uh, Twitter, but I, I don't recall. But I saw that a uh, rookie Mike Trout card was was found that was 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 a, was a duplicate or a counterfeit fake. Has has then been many cards been caught from this process or fake? Yeah, thankfully it's a, uh, thankfully it's a small percentage, but we are catching them. Um, and you know, one of the hard things about counterfeits is you, you never know how they got into the system, so to speak. Um, at some point, there was somebody who was malicious at some point. But, you know, there could be, you might have picked a card up at a card show and the guy who sold it to you didn't know that it was counterfeit because he got it from another guy that he trusts. So one of the things that's really a challenge about this is, um, you know, how, how do you approach... Um, if you want to develop trust and you want to improve trust and everything, the goal is to get them out of the network, so to speak. But, you know, we also have to be wary of accusing people of purposely doing things that are malicious. Sure. I think what we're, you know, so what's valuable for us is to keep our eyes on, on this and see if there's repeat offenders, see if there's our cards that are repeat offenders as well. Um, you know, and there's also a component of this, which is educating people. Um, you know, one of the one of the, one of the obvious things is is if you see a five dollar Fleer rookie Jordan, it's probably not real. <laughs> right. right, it's probably not real. <laughs> but but if you're brand new to the business, if you're brand new to the hobby, hobby, and you you've you've been enjoying it, and you're shopping on eBay, and you're like, oh my god, look, somebody listed a five dollar Jordan rookie. I'm going to grab it. Um, you know, that's a problem. That there's a there's a place for that, and. One of the things that we we hope to really add to is is you know the education and and look some of this is all of us have to get a little better from a common sense perspective with some of these cards as well. Sure, we're speaking with Bob Means. Bob is director of trading cards at eBay. Just one or two more questions, Bob, and I'll let you go. I really appreciate your time today. Um, what are some of the other things that eBay is doing to uh, support the trading card collectors and, and the sports collectors and, and investors as well? Well, um, you know, we're super excited about our recent Vault announcement. Um, Vault, I think, is you know, there's already Vaults out there, so uh, people that are really into the hobby know exactly what they are. Uh, ultimately, they are safe, secure ways of of storing your high value items. But what we're also going to unlock is the ability to sort to you know buy, sell uh, in real time. And as we've seen, some of these higher end cards become commodities, um, you know, I think that that will cut some friction out of the process. So let me give you an example. Again, let's talk about LaMelo ball. You've got a $500 LaMelo ball basketball card and you're holding on to it because you think it's going to be worth twice that in 
you know, by the end of basketball season. Well, you could hold that at your house and do the same thing. Um, that's going to add shipping. You're going to add all of this component. You're going to add some cost to the whole process. Um, if it's in the vault and you take possession of it, you're now sitting on it in, in the abstract. And the fact that you own it, it's yours. We're just holding onto it for you. And then if LaMelo like has four games in a row where he lights up 50 points and suddenly everyone's looking for LaMelo balls, well, you know, you can then sell that and you don't have to worry about shipment. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Now, at the same time, if you're buying something from the vault, uh, you know, it's been authenticated, you know, that it's, it's the real deal. Um, and then if you're buying something from the vault, you're going to, uh, we're going to fulfill it. We're going to get it sent to you in the safest possible way. And so you can, you know, it's, it's how you want to interact. If you want to buy vaulted merchandise because you can find a great deal or you, you just like the fact that you know it's been authenticated, awesome. If you want to get stuff into the vault as you're purchasing it from eBay, awesome, right? Like why, we, we, it's funny, like when we talked about the mint, there's a lot of people that I talk to about, you know, where do I put my next card? I'm running out of room. And I think the vault, the one thing that the vault brings that eBay will bring to this is, is, you know, obviously we're going to want to expand. Um, it's going to start with sports trading cards because sports trading cards is a great business to just, you know, cut your teeth on and figure out the ins and outs of these processes. But I can absolutely see a world where, you know, you're putting your graded comics in there. You're putting, you're putting your graded video games. You're putting your graded Funkos. You're putting, you know, any, someday there might be art in there. There might be, my vinyl collection may make its way in there. You know, who knows? But the, the concept of the vault, I think, goes far beyond sports trading cards. And I think it'll, it'll enable people to really open up a new kind of trading um, that should be very different from the way that the, the world has been, been behaving for the last 20 years. It's uh, May of 2023, and I'm on eBay and I'm a buyer. How's my experience going to be, be different uh, you know, in, in next year? Um. You know, we are constantly working on making the process smarter. So engaging with AI, making sure that, you know, I would love to get to a world where we know exactly what you're looking for. You only like PSA graded cards, for instance, and you only like the Orioles, just making this up, right? I would love to get to a point where we're showing you, look at this Cal Ripken, Someone's got it priced at an amazing, like you, this is an instant 30% flip. If you're interested in flipping it, it's a super rare Cal Ripken. This is a buy. Like being able to show you what it is that we know that you're interested in and get that in front of you in a, in, in a quicker way. Um, obviously, I think we need to make we need to make payments seamless for you so that you can continue to purchase things however you want to purchase them. Um, I, I think, you know, we made an announcement recently that we're starting to dabble in the NFT space. Well, that might mean that we will dabble in the crypto space and make it so that you can use crypto if you want to. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting things coming in the future of wallet, which would enable you to buy and sell, but hold your money in, in eBay's, um, hold your money at eBay so that, you know, as you're selling things, you're building up your, your, your money and then, then you can make your big purchase if you want to. Uh, so I think all of those things are going to be critical for us to, to develop more ways of paying, more trust, more ways of shopping, more ways of having a tailored shopping experience. Thank you, Bob. I am addicted to eBay. My wife hates it. <laughs> she curses me every time the mail comes and I have a, another delivery from, from an eBay seller. I, I just really enjoy it. 
Um, you guys are doing uh, yeoman's work for collectibles and the hobby. Uh, we're speaking with Bob Means. Bob is director of trading cards at eBay. Bob, is there anything else you'd like to mention before I let you go? No, I just uh, thank you for giving me some time. It's it's always fun to talk about the hobby and and talk about where we're we're going. And um, I, I appreciate you letting me have uh, some time to talk to you. Well, thanks for your time. I know you're a busy man. I really appreciate it. It was nice to meet you. And uh, we, I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll bump into you at the National. Okay, Jeff. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Bob. Bye. Drew, we have another one in the books. It's May. We're done with another show. It was a long one this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was fun talking uh, TTM and, and collecting with you, Drew. It always is. I mean, yeah, it's always fun to get on and record this. And I love doing the radio show there, but with the podcast, least, I mean, we can just feel free to expand and expound on anything we want to during it. So it's always a lot of fun to do that. I know it's fun when we get off on tangents and we always, we always, you know, I just talking to you, I learn about stuff about collecting. You see, you're so versed on a lot of things and you're, you, you like a lot of different sports that, and a lot of different things that, that I might not be into, but I, I always hopefully uh, like you, my list, the listeners learn as, as much as I do, because I really enjoy uh, tapping your brain about, about collecting And uh, you know, you're out, you're, you always, in, you have your, your hand in something, which is really interesting. So it's, it's fun to talk collecting with you. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing the show with you. But I want to thank uh, Bob Means from eBay for joining us. He's a very busy man. And he took some uh, valuable time out to talk to eBay and, and collecting. And Bob's very insightful and hopefully enjoyed uh, my talk with him. Drew, what are we we're giving away this week? Still got that Sam McDowell book out there. to be raffling off. So if you have not yet entered for your chance to win, make sure you get that to us. Just send us your name and your mailing address. That can go to either ttmcast at yahoo.com if you want to email it to us, or you can text it to us, 978-729-0662 is the number for our text line. You have a busy week ahead? You got anything fun planned? Fortunately, no. I can finally sit back a little bit and relax here. Got all the uh, lead up to the draft done. Got the uh, floorball tournament is going to be all done as of uh, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, I guess. They got to call the playoffs. But yeah, aside from that, no, I think that is finally I can... Have a chance to sit back, relax for a moment. Um, I might try to go to a game next weekend. I'm not really sure yet. It's Northwest or it's, uh, Arkansas is coming to town again. And I already got them a couple of weeks ago. So it's like, I don't have a huge need for them, but I might try. I might go out there anyway still. So we'll see. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to be heading out to Atlanta next weekend. Uh, my daughter is graduating from Emerson. Uh, Emerson. Emerson. Emory, sorry, Emory. <laughs> Your Emerson, she was in, went to Emory, yep. Emory University in Atlanta. She's graduating, so I'm going out to Atlanta for her graduation. But don't fear not, we will record the show and uh, record the uh, radio show on the podcast, and we will not miss a beat. I promise you that, guys. We will have we will have a show next week. Next week we have Artist Gilmore who played for uh, numerous teams. And he played for the Kentucky Colonels and the ABA. He also played for the Chicago Bulls and the San, San Antonio Spurs. And he finished his career with Boston Celtics. And he is in the NBA Hall of Fame. And he is one of the top 75 players in the NBA history. And we talked to artists about his career, about uh, dealing with autographs and, and such. So uh, we have that great interview with Otis Gilmore coming up. And we also, we have our uh, more uh, with less segment, our more, our, more with less wolf so we'll have our less wolf segment next week um and i'm sure there'll be all sorts of hobby news going on because there's never a dull moment right drew yeah exactly 
Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. We went a little long today. I, I thank you guys for hanging in there. I want to thank all our new listeners. We've been picking up new listeners left and right. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the show. Let your friends know what we're doing. Tur turn them on to uh, TTM cast and let us know, let them know what we're doing. Once again, we uh, want to have you register to win an autographed Sam McDowell book. Send your email to TTMcast at yahoo.com. And I think that's it, Drew. You got anything else to add before I, we, we close this out? I think we've pretty well covered everything. Just want to, you know, say again, if you want to hear a uh, discover new sport and hear my broadcast work, check out IFF Channel 1 for the uh, USA versus Canada Floorball uh, World Championship Qualifier Tournament. All right, Drew. Well, hopefully, hopefully uh, you had a good time working on the draft for Panini. You got a busy week. We all have a busy week coming up. I want to, again, thank everyone for listening this week and wishing everyone many happy returns. We'll see you next week.